Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Saul was a bad guy. I agree with that. I have no problem with it. But that gave David no right whatsoever to take vengeance out on Saul. It gave him no right to do that. And friends, when you lose all respect, I lost respect for you, against somebody who wrongs you, that gives you no right to take out your vengeance upon them. It is godly wrong to do that. But why not? Why not, Ray? How come I want to get that son of a gun so bad I can taste it? I want you to understand that just like how David spared Saul's life, 2 Peter 3 9, it says, The Lord is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Long suffering, guys. You know, I know you want to wring that guy's neck, whoever they are. You know what? And, and to not do it, is long-suffering because it pressures you up because they've done things that legitimately made you mad. They have done things that have legitimately upset you. I get it. I know. Saul did the same to David. We've seen all the damage he's been doing. But if God looked at us that way, if God thought the way we do, he'd take us all out. You'd be gone. You wouldn't be here. You would be condemned. Starting to get the picture now? I hope so. We have all sinned. We've all done wickedness. We deserve death. Guys, we deserve it. And I don't mean just dying naturally on this physically from the earth. I mean a spiritual condemnation, eternal death. We deserve it. We deserve that. We all broke God's law. It has provoked God's wrath. We angered him. But even though we deserve to die, God does not want anyone to perish. David didn't want Saul to perish. God doesn't want you to perish. And you and I both deserve it. God does not want you to perish. But that's why he does offer you a better way. This is why we turn things over to God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Friends, just like how David spared Saul, a man who deserved death, get him. God spared me, and God is sparing you. Those of you who are saved, he spared you because you have accepted Jesus for eternal life. Those of you who have not accepted Jesus Christ yet, God is sparing you still because he's waiting for you to finally get it and understand that Jesus needs to be made your Lord and Savior, that you need to turn your life over to him. And so God has spared us, me, a believer in Jesus. He has spared his believers by taking 
Guys, God took his wrath out on Jesus on the cross. You know about the cross, right? You know how Jesus suffered and died. Why was that necessary? A lot of people believe that Jesus taught a lot of things that just made people mad, and it caught up with him, and so they killed him. That's not the reason why he died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross because that was God's wrath for our sin that was taken out upon Jesus so that it doesn't have to be taken out on you. We deserve it. We deserve wrath. We provoked his anger. We sinned. We blew it. And God put Jesus on the cross to die in your place so that he doesn't have to do that to you eternally. That's why Jesus is the only way. That's why it says that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When Jesus hung on the cross, he became your sin. He was sin for you. The sin we committed made God incredible mad, infuriated mad. But Jesus on the cross, if you come to belief in Jesus and accept him into your life and make him your Lord and Savior, then Jesus becomes sin for you. Then that condemnation that was supposed to land on your head goes on to him instead, leaving you free. That's how the gospel works. And so just like David spared Saul, a man who deserved death, God spared me, and God offers to spare you too by taking out his wrath on Jesus at the cross so that he does not have to take his wrath out on you and me. So I want you to consider in our story now how David's men said that Saul has to die. Saul needs to die. He deserves it. Get him. Saul caused a lot of trouble. Saul has stolen. Saul has lied. Saul has caused a lot of death. Saul deserves to die for what he's done. I want to show you Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Wages. You see that word wages? What is a wage? You know, you get up and you go to work and you work real hard and you make a wage. What is a wage? It's something you earn for what you have done. That's a wage. We have sinned. Like I said, we've sinned. That's what we have done. That is the work that we did. And so what is our wage? What did we earn for that sin? We earned death. That means the death that you and I are supposed to get, we actually put in the work that is necessary to achieve it. We actually strived to earn that death because we broke God's law. That's the penalty. You sin, you die. We did the necessary work to get that. God's law has been broken by you and me. All of us, there's not one human being on earth that has not broken God's law, except for Jesus, who knew no sin, who became sin for us. We have all stolen. We have all caused lots of trouble in our sin. We have all lied, and we have all caused a lot of debt. Remember how it said David's men were indebted? Okay, we've caused debt. What debt? The debt that Jesus paid on the cross? What would have taken you an eternity to pay for yourself in condemnation? It would have taken you forever. Jesus paid for it all at once for everyone all at one time on the cross. That's what's so great about Jesus Christ and offering you that gift of salvation. And so we see a nice gospel picture here in 1 Samuel 24 that it says uh, David's men said, kill him. He deserves it. Kill him. He deserves it. That is an illustration of God's law. God's law says, kill them. They deserve it. You broke the law, you should die. Guys, when you break the law, you should pay for it. 
If a man murders some people, well, he should pay for it. What if he says, well, I'll never do it again? Well, it doesn't matter if you say you'll never do it again. You're still guilty. You've already committed the, the crime. You're guilty already. Guys, we've all sinned. We're already guilty. You should, we should all die for it. God's law is like David's men. They kill him. They deserve it. But then David's act of mercy, when David had the right, the right to kill Saul, but he didn't, then that is an act of mercy. And that act of mercy is not according to anything that Saul had done. Remember, Saul did nothing to deserve this favor. He was spared because of what David did, because of David's mercy. Titus 3 and 4 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Friends, do you see what's going on here yet? Are you catching this? I always say, if the Bible does not excite you, then man, you're just not reading it. Saul did not earn David's respect. Saul's life was spared by something that he didn't even do. Ephesians 2 and 8, same with us, let me show you. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Friends, we did nothing, nothing at all to earn God's respect. Oh, I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. God just respects me. God loves me so much. He died and did all this for me because I'm so awesome. No, you're not. You're a sinner. So why did he save you? Because it was God's choice to love you and give you a gift. It's nothing you did. Stop walking around acting like you're all better than everybody because, well, you know, I'm God's favorite guy. You're not. (laughs) There's no favoritism. You didn't do anything. You never have. You never will. You didn't earn it. Friends, you cannot ever, you will never earn salvation. It's nothing you do. Remember, the only thing we did is ruin it. The only thing we earned was sin and earned death. That's what we did. If you want to talk about what you did, that's what you did. You you did what was necessary to earn the death side of it. So to be spared means you did nothing. Just like Saul, he did nothing to get to be spared by David. He did nothing. And that goes the same way with, with us and Jesus. David did not spare Saul because Saul loved him, though. That's another point I want to make. Saul hated him. Saul hated David. This whole time, Saul's been trying to kill him, pursuing him, running after him, trying to kill him, take him out. Saul did not love him. Saul hated him. So why did David spare the life of somebody that hated him? To illustrate this next point to us in First John, John 4 and 10, says, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Guys, oh, this gets good, doesn't it? There is nothing that Saul did to gain David's favor. And friend, there is nothing you can ever do to gain God's favor. The reason that God offers us salvation is not because we love him, but because he loves us. Well, wait a minute, Ray. I love God. I love God. Yes, but 1 John 4.19 says that we love him because he loved us first. We had nothing in our pocket that we did that, that 
God looked at and goes, wow, look at how good that is on him. I think I'm going to save him or her. She, Look at what she did. I'm going to save her. You had absolutely nothing. I mean, you were spiritually broke. You had no currency, spiritual currency. You have done not one good thing for God to look at you and go, hmm, I think I'll save that person. The reason you're saved or being offered salvation is because God loves you and realize he loved you before we loved him. Wow. So remember now, David had to restrain the men who demanded Saul's death. God's wrath demands our death. God's wrath. We broke the law. It provoked God's wrath. And he is, his law says you've got to die. But that's why this passage says that Jesus is the propitiation of our sins. Now, I know you listen to pastors who use these big words and they fly right over your head. And I want to be the guy that tells you exactly what that's talking about. I'm a dictionary guy. I want to tell you propitiation means to regain lost favor. It means to get the satisfaction back again. Propitiation means satisfaction, propitiation, to be bought back, satisfied and restored. God's wrath against sin is absolutely terrifying. You ever read those parts of the Bible where it looks scary and the Lord looks all scary because he's, he's demonstrating his wrath against sin and you do not want to mess with him. You will lose. He is very angry against sin. And the fullness of God's wrath is expressed in hell. Hell exists as the final expression of God's wrath. That's why hell is there. Did you know that God made hell? That's not Satan's little clubhouse that he went and put together. God made that, and he made it for Satan and his angels. He didn't even make it for us. But you're going to go there if you follow what the devil tells you to do. you got to give your life to Jesus. But for those of us who accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, then just like how David held back the angry men, he had to restrain them, remember, because you're thinking, I don't want God mad at me. Then likewise, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ will forever hold back the wrath that God has against your sin. God is angry about your sin. Oh, yeah. You want that sin, that wrath to be held back and, and appeased? Jesus is the propitiation for your sins, and it will hold God's wrath off of you. As David refused to set his hand against Saul because he was the Lord's anointed, then when you give your life to Jesus, you become anointed of God. Did you know that? Because by his Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, God's hand will no longer be against you. Remember how David said, my hand will not be against you anymore. I want you to look at this. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that not good? I want you to read that again. That's one of the ones you should read twice. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, once the Holy Spirit of God indwells you and changes you, you now have a story that talks about how he changed you and how he came and saved your life. It produces a real change within you that becomes visible evidence that proves that you have indeed been saved. You're not going to be the same person you always were. And this is what's called your testimony, a testimony. It is your 
three-part story. The three parts of a testimony is how you used to be, how Jesus saved you, and then how this change will continue onward, what you're going to do with it from now on. How you used to be, how Jesus saved you, and how this change will continue. So I want you to remember now that cloth that David cut off of Saul's robe. That piece of cloth became a testament for Saul, a piece of evidence that proved I could have killed you, but I didn't. That piece of cloth proved to Saul you were wicked and I could have taken you out, but I spared your life instead. And just like how David showed that piece of cloth to Saul, he showed it. He says, look, here I have it. Look at this. He showed it to Saul as proof that although he could have taken him out, he didn't, but David spared him. Friends, I too have my own proof that I get to show people. It's called my testimony. My testimony, evidence as proof that although God's law could have taken me out, he did not, but Jesus spared me. And not according to anything that I had done, but according to God's mercy. He spared my life. Saul did nothing to earn God's favor. We can do nothing to earn God's favor. Salvation is a free gift that God offers you simply because he loves you. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Saul did not repent first before David spared him. David didn't go, okay, well, Saul, you seem like you straightened up. I'll spare your life now. Remember, Saul had no clue that David was about to cut him. And David spared his life before Saul did anything. What I'm trying to say is that this verse tells us that Jesus gave his life for us to be the propitiation for our sins, to restrain the wrath of God off of us before we ever loved him. To think that we were still being hostile, his enemy, against him, that he died for us while we were still acting like that. Doesn't that really get to you? He loved us first. God loved us first and died while we were still sinning. While we were still doing it, he spared us while we were his enemy. Philippians 2 and 3 says this. Here's how we handle other people. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. For those of you walking around thinking you're better than everybody, maybe you've got more money, maybe you've got more this, more that, maybe you're, you got a better sense of style, maybe your charm. Maybe you're smarter. Maybe you're stronger. I don't know. Maybe you're taller. Whatever it is, you think you're better than everybody else. You are ungodly. This That's called pride, and it's all going to work against you, and it's going to humble you down. God's going to take you down in one way or another. The best thing to do is to turn around and consider others better than yourself. What does it say? Before everybody blows up at me saying, oh, respect is not earned, it's given, Look at what God's word says. It says, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Guys, what this means is you consider everybody else is better than you. Whoever they are, even that guy that pushes your buttons, everybody is better than you. That's the way you have to see them. That means that's humility. Respect is not earned. For the Christian, it is not earned. 
for the Christian, it is commanded. Respect is not earned. It is commanded by God. If the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, could put himself below me so much as to die a shameful public death on a cross, if Jesus could do this much for us, then surely we can do this for others. You want to be like Jesus? You want to show people Jesus? Then consider them better than yourself. That's how you do it. That is commanded respect. Well, they don't deserve my respect. Well, you know what? I didn't deserve God's respect either, and he saved me anyway. You want to show people the gospel? Consider others better than yourself. We are to respect others. And it's amazing how many relationships fail, how many marriages fail, because people say, they lost my respect. And as soon as people say, they lost my respect, disobedience follows right behind it. We are commanded by God. You are commanded by God to always be constant in your respect for other people, regardless of their behavior. If Jesus had to wait for our behavior to straighten up first, then we would have never been saved. He would have never come to die for us on the cross. For your enemies, you be the Christian and love them like Jesus loved you. You couldn't be saved if he didn't. So take that blessing and pass it to others. I want to remind you of some other cloths that were cut. They were cut for us. It was the grave cloths that were wrapped around Jesus' dead body. Those cloths tell us this dead body was supposed to be you. David would not dare harm Saul, God's anointed king, but in our sin, we crucified Jesus. David would not touch the king of Israel, but you and I in our sin, we killed the king of kings. Don't say the Romans did it. Don't say all the Jews did it. You and I, you and I, we did it. We crucified him. That's why he went to the cross for our sins. And so thinking about his grave cloth, it should cause us to stop pursuing our own precious respect. Oh, everybody should respect me. That's what the world's teaching you, that we should do as David did and bow our knee to the royalty of God, saying, my Lord, the King. Not only does Jesus deserve that from us, he earned it. Revelation 4.11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Friends, if the Bible does not excite you, you're not reading. We have been saved. We don't deserve it. We deserve death, but Jesus spared our life while we were yet sinners and became the propitiation of our sin and appeased and held back God's wrath from us so that we could live eternally. Do the same for your enemies today and watch what God does between you and them. He can make them to be at peace with you if your ways are pleasing to the Lord God. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. 
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.